Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to grow your business and take it to the next level. I'm excited to have today Yogi Aaron as my guest. Let me tell you a little bit about Yogi Aaron. He is one of the most sought after teachers today. Yogi Aaron is a trailblazing a new path of the world of yoga, known for his unorthodox perspectives on stretching and flexibility and how both cause more harm than good. Yes more harm than good. His teachings aim to help as many people as possible live a pain-free life so they can realize yoga's true intentions. He is the creator of the revolutionary approach to yoga, applied yoga anatomy plus muscle activations. That is trademarked, y'all. So it's A-Y-A-M-A. Applied Yoga Anatomy Plus Muscle Activation. And the online platform, the Yoga Club, Yogi Club, host of the Yoga Podcast, Stop Stretching, author of the Autobiography of a Naked Yogi, and the forthcoming book, Stop Stretching, a New Yogic, yogic <laughs> Approach to Master Your Body plus live pain-free, and is a co-owner of Blue Osa Yoga Retreat and Spa in Costa Rica, sign me up, (laughs) (laughs) where he leads the Yogi Club Yoga Teacher Training Immersions year-round for students from all across the globe. I chose the theme to be, how is stretching killing you? I cannot, I cannot wait to hear this. Please, please do welcome Yogi Aaron. Thank you so much, Vicki, for that. Wait, wait, wait. I got to stop stretching. Okay, go. Yeah, stop stretching. <laughs> my my students and, and support team always kind of joke that you know, we kind of think about like different things to do on social media and, and which is not my like lane. I'm not very good at that sort of stuff, but they always like, you should get like a police uniform or something, <laughs> and put like, you know, the stop stretching police or something. <laughs> that would be a good TikTok. Excuse me, young Excuse lady. Me. What are you doing? Putting your foot behind your head. Stop stretching. <laughs> oh, we have a 5K on Saturday. You could just see <laughs> <Stop laughs> a lot of tickets. Oh, goodness. Yes. Oh, that would be funny. All right. So before we get into the hard questions, tell everybody what part what part of the country or the world are you calling in from today? 
So I'm originally from Canada. I lived in New York for 10 years. I also lived in the um, Haiti and the Bahamas. Mm. And then about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, I moved to Costa Rica. So right now I'm calling in from Costa Rica, which is where I call home now. Tough life. Okay. <laughs> well, somebody's got to do it. I know, I know. You and all the other uh, expats that moved to there. Okay. <laughs> So let's just get into this. What is the personal experience that you have had with chronic pain that's led you to this journey you're on? Yeah, I I started yoga when I was 18. I was a very active individual, um, dog sled, snowshoed, canoed, hiked, trail ran, um, volleyball, ice hockey, you know, oh, I'm wow. a Canadian guy. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> and I, by the time I turned 18, I remember like after I graduated from high school, I was just noticing like how tight my body was. And I kind of noticed that a lot of older people and specifically the kind of older people in my mind are my grandparents and how little range of motion they had, how little mobility they, you know, they were kind of like stiff as boards. So mm -hmm. and, and I thought to myself, and then I would look around and I would see older people that were youthful, like, and the differentiation was those youthful young old people had a lot more mobility. So I decided to start doing yoga. And in my mind, when I talk about yoga right now, I'm talking about stretching and so I, I, you know, not being a very, not being the kind of person that really was into stretching, I thought this would be a good way to get me disciplined to do it. Mm. All of a sudden, I started developing um, problems in my body. And one of those problems manifested as one day my lower back seized up, which was kind of a weird experience for me because I was so young and I thought, what? you know, WTF, <laughs> what is this happening to mm -hmm. me? And, um, and it would take me about 25 years to figure out that it was the stretching that was causing the problem. But here's the interesting thing. Well, I think it's interesting that I would go to other yoga teachers and there's a couple things to unpack. But one of the things that I said was, I am a person with back problems. So all of a sudden I started having these back problems mm -hmm. and I took on this identity, this belief system yeah. that I was having back problems and I had to really be careful, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then the yoga teachers often would say, well, we have to open your hamstrings. We have to open your lower back. We have to, you know, stretch it out more. Mm -hmm. Well, that actually exacerbated the problem because then 25 years later, I ended up in a surgeon, an orthopedic oh, surgeon's yeah. office oh. who was telling me like, you're going to need a spinal fusion probably in your back. This is not good. Your lower back mm -hmm. is a mess. Oh. And, and so when that happened and I kind of like took a beat and I realized things have to change. Mm -hmm. and but I just want to say one thing, especially, if, you know, because I, I know that you've been told like you've been, you know, you should stretch and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, you know, the amount of chronic pain that I had to deal with over the years, and that's just the, the tip of the iceberg, mm -hmm. the whole lower back thing, there's other issues. And so I'm very, 
you know, part of what motivates me, there's a few things that motivate me, but one of them is I know what my own chronic pain journey was like, and yeah. it just breaks my heart to see other people going through the pain. And so even some of the people I've interviewed in the last few, or that have interviewed me, sorry, in the past few months have literally disabled in their chairs because they just it's too painful for them to to mm. walk and so my goal is to start hopefully giving some people the tools so that they don't have to go through that oh awesome yeah my husband um when we were just married a, a and this is 40 some years ago but he had kind of been typical guy you know do football and all those other things and his back went out and he had that surgeon visit and the surgeon he had was well our surgery is not where it is that I would have you um that I could give you a guarantee that you'll walk again or anything yeah. so so he told him he taught him stretches to do that's to be able to get through the day and uh so first 20 years of my marriage i couldn't do anything with my husband until he stretched for half an <laughs> hour or so so that's why i said i'm just so intrigued about what you have to say because yeah. it could have saved me all those times <laughs> all those 20 minutes every day all right <laughs> well i think it's important though like stretching does make you feel better you know mm -hmm. even for people that say, oh, it hurts. Afterwards, there is a euphoria. So that's number one. There is a euphoria. Number two, you know, biomechanically, stretching does have a, I think some people might disagree with this statement, but I think it does have a somewhat positive effect on the central nervous system. Sorry, let me rephrase that. On the parasympathetic nervous system, which is part of the central nervous mm -hmm. system, to get people into that rest and digest state. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, in so much of, of you know, I, I'm kind of projecting a little bit, so I don't know all the facts, but with your husband, I'm sure he was in pain and that creates stress. And so stretching does have an effect where, you know, your stress goes down, that's gonna have a positive impact. Right. And, but the fact of the matter is, is that in the long term, it's a, it's like putting a bandaid on the exactly. problem. It's never addressing like the real problem. And mm -hmm. so I don't know what situation your husband's in today, but you know, um, he's the, still stretching. Good. <laughs> well, at least, at <laughs> least he's mobile, you know, yes. sometimes my teachers just say, do whatever works for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh goodness okay so how did you come up with this trademark applied yoga anatomy plus muscle activation ayama 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 oh yes. i like that ayama i'm gonna get a t-shirt with that ayama okay ayama <laughs> The interesting thing was I never, so when I came up with applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation, I'll go back a, a, in a moment, but I didn't really think of the acronym until afterwards, the acronym sort of came afterwards. And then what, you know, somebody on my team said, it's a Yama. And I went, a Yama? Oh yeah, you're oh, right. And then I so kind of awesome. looked at it 
And it's the Sanskrit translation of a yama means a couple of things that on the surface, it means freedom. Mm -hmm. So it nice. kind of denotes this idea of freedom, but the real definition would be more like something like unbridled power, oh. like unleashed <laughs> power, unrestrained power. Well, so, you fell into that. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. But what happened was, is after I ended up in the surgeon's office, I, I said, there has to be another answer. And so um, at the same time, I was looking to expand my own base of knowledge. And so that kind of took me into this whole subject of muscle activation technique, um, which was created by Greg Roscoff. It's a school in Denver or just mm -hmm. outside of Denver. And their lane is very specific. They're working with people one-on-one -on -one and how to start putting people's bodies back together. But there was a few things that I learned from it. One of them was like how stretching specifically is shutting down muscles. Mm. So the problem with stretching inherently is that stretching, when you stretch a muscle, it's like you have a telephone line between your brain and your muscles. Okay. So that's kind of one way to describe it is you have this telephone line and that of course is the nervous system mm -hmm. um, and when you stretch it's like taking a pair of garden shears and cutting that line and so the brain no longer knows where those muscles are oh. uh, because you've you've stretched so much and so when you come out another way of saying this is that when you come out of stretching you come out weaker than when you went in and that's not how you want to go through life. I was actually watching um, a guy actually I kind of respect. He's a doctor and um, he's like a, a physical like therapist, if you will. But he has quite a YouTube and, and Instagram following. But he was like, so, you know, for those of you dealing with hip pain, you have to open your hips. And I'm like, you're kind of the guy that's telling people not to stretch. He's actually on the same bandwagon as me, but he's still using these kind of terms like opening your hips and if you think about that biomechanically for a moment it means like what it, what it really means is like you want to dislocate your hips mm -hmm. and that's not how you want to walk through life yeah. so i don't you know there's a lot of these kind of things but when you do these stretches you end up weaker than you went into it and so that's one of the takeaways i took away from um my uh, muscle activation technique training the other thing i took away was really this kind of like hands-on approach to anatomy that I really started to understand the body intrinsically. And that's where the applied came up. I was like, how do I start to bring this into the yoga world? Because yoga teachers are devastatingly ignorant when it comes to um, the body, comes to anatomy. And so it's like, how can we bring anatomy into this, make it more experiential, make it more applicable mm -hmm. and make it more science-based as well. There's a lot of pseudoscience uh, floating around there, out there. So that's where the word applied yoga anatomy came from and then bringing in muscle activation into the practices. And so this eliminates the pain or covers it well so that's a good question because when when we stretch as i just said muscles become debilitated mm -hmm. and so 
when we what does that really mean like biomechanically so we have to understand muscles have two jobs basically they have other jobs but they have the primary two jobs is to move bones mm-hmm. and to hold and stabilize joints so in the case of your husband you know he had these problems in his lower back because the joints of his lower back were not stabilizing the mm-hmm. muscles working there. And there was probably some other compounding problems. So when, when the joints aren't being supported properly, stress always happens. The joint becomes stressed out. The result of stress is inflammation. And so sometimes you can have chronic inflammation, sometimes just a little bit, but as soon as we get the muscles working and the joints stabilize, guess what happened? The stress goes, inflammation disappears. And I've seen it happen as quickly as seconds. Really? Um, sometimes I've seen it take a little longer, um, but I have seen it. I, I've seen it on my table several times when I get people in with like severe shoulder pain or lower back pain or their neck goes out. I've experienced it as a as someone who's received it and I've experienced it as someone who's given it several times. I would say more than 80% of the time pain goes away like instantaneously uh, by using this. So all we're trying to do is get the muscles to start doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is to improve their ability to shorten properly and be connected. And that happens through being connected to the brain. (laughs) So so I was just thinking, you know, I had my 65 year old brain on for a second and I thought, well, how does arthritis come into play here though? Yeah. So that's a really good question. I would say anything such as arthritis. I have a student of mine who has um, fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, anybody that has an inflammatory, I don't know what the correct word is, disease or condition, I'm sorry, um, that those things are going to create more inflammation. Right. Yes, yes. Right. So mm-hmm. So, and sometimes arthritis, depending on the kind of arthritis is caused by instability in the joints. So that instability is actually creating more inflammation. So what I can say is in most cases, it's going to have a huge positive impact because that inflammation is disrupting the communication system between the brain and the muscles. Mm -hmm. So you want to always reinforce that brain to muscle connection. And again, if you get the muscles working properly, stress goes down, inflammation goes down, yeah. communication system improves. And then the stress tolerance of the individual or of that specific joint starts to go up. So very important. I wouldn't say that it would always get rid of it completely. It's not necessarily the cure um, for those things, but it definitely is going to make a dramatic difference. So <clears throat> you probably don't have as many friends in the yogi world as you used to. (laughs) (laughs) So um, how, how are some of the yoga poses um, doing us more harm in the stretching, I guess? Well, as I was talking about earlier, that when we stretch, a muscle, the muscle disconnects from the brain Mm -hmm. to that muscle. And so 
what basically what that means is the muscle loses its ability to contract properly, i.e. stabilize joints and move the body um, and stabilize the body through different movements. Like the movement, by the way, could be as simple as picking up a dropped pair of keys or lifting up a grocery bag. I mean, how many people have hurt their back um, using that term that sometimes people use, throwing their lower back out <laughs> mm-hmm. by picking up a bag of sugar yeah, oh, um, and, or sneezing. Yeah. And so this is a sign of a very weakened system. And uh, so when we go and do some yoga postures, and I'll just pick on my favorite pose to pick on, which is child's pose, <laughs> uh, because it's the most common yoga pose. But that pose has a negative impact on like four different systems of muscles in your body. And I remember back when I was around the age of 29 or 30, and I went to this one yoga class and and I usually was at that point starting to really do my own yoga practice. I didn't really need to go to classes, but I like to go to class for the community, you know, spirit. Mm-hmm. And I would always get there a little bit early and guess what pose I would always do child's pose. <laughs> and I remember a few times, not just once or twice, it actually happened to me quite a few times that I would start the class. The teacher would say, okay, everybody stand up. And I would stand up, come out of child's pose and stand up. And then the teacher would say, inhale, bring the arms up, exhale, fold forward. And somewhere in between that folding forward or inhaling and coming up, my lower back would seize up. Oh, wow. And I was like, really, it was very devastating because again, I'm like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm very alignment centered, like my awareness of my alignment to my mm-hmm. body is very acute. Even, you know, back then it was very strong and I had very strong intention in the way that I moved, but yet my lower back seized up several times on me. Mm-hmm. And so I never understood that the problem was due to a weakened uh, neuromuscular system and that child's pose was one of the main culprits (laughs) that was leading to it. Yeah. So that's why I'm very anti-child's pose now. But you can actually test somebody. I actually just released a video on my uh, YouTube channel just uh, last weekend that and just demonstrating and showing to people this is what happens, you know, um, you can actually see it, uh, what happens when the body becomes weaker uh, from well, doing. Lucky for the audience, we're going to be showing a, a screenshot of your contact information that has that YouTube site so that they can <laughs> rush to it to see you demonstrate that. Yes. We are running so close in time. So we're going to move into the rapid fire. And I just have four today. Um, what do you see as the future of yoga? I see that people are starting to get hungry for real truth, um, real understanding of themselves and are starting to scratch below the surface of just like, you know, going to yoga classes and leotards and leg warmers and putting your foot behind your head, that there's actually something more behind it and people are starting to ask for it. So that's what I'm on the mission yeah. to get. It allowed me to have my babies without any drugs. Yahoo! <laughs> I know. So what do you think is the ultimate goal of yoga and how does a yama support this aim? 
I think that the ultimate, the ultimate goal of yoga in according to the yoga sutras is that we all have a purpose in life and here are the skills you need to develop to fulfill that purpose. Mm. Why yama is so important is because when somebody is debilitated with pain, they can't, they, they, all their attention is focused on how to get out of pain. Mm. So my goal is to help or empower people to free up that energy, so to speak, so that they can direct their mind towards fulfilling life's purpose. Awesome. That's excellent. I think we've already kind of covered this one, but what are some top mistakes most people are making whenever they are doing their yoga today? Besides the child pose. <laughs> besides, yeah, besides stretching, I think that one of the biggest mistakes people make, and which is why I'm I'm endeavoring to create more conversation, is to bring more science into the conversation. There's a lot of pseudoscience out there. And I just gave an example earlier, this kind of term that's thrown around, like opening your hips or opening the shoulder girdle. It doesn't make sense. It, it has no scientific uh, merit, um, really. So I'm trying to just bring more education, more science, um, and, and try to get people at least, at the very least, kind of stop and go, does that make sense, really? <laughs> and what's your thoughts on the breathing aspect of yoga oh i it's the most important thing <laughs> yes. it's it's you know i i actually have a saying that my students love quoting me it's like if you change your breath you change your life yeah. if you want to change your future change your breath and there's just so much to unpack. And I know that we're running out of time, so I'm not going to say anything else. People have to contact me for more information. That's but right. And we'll have to just have another conversation where all we talk about is a breath. Because That's a huge one. I'm serious. That's, that's what got me through my labor. All right. So what do you wish you knew when you were 20 that you don't, uh, that you know now? Well, obviously that I wish I, you know, knew not to stretch mm -hmm. and I knew, but more than that, I wish I understood why muscles are tight to begin with. And, mm -hmm. and that's something that a lot of people don't understand um, still to this day, but I wish I knew that information then. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and share the screen. So those of you that are just listening in, if you would just go quickly and grab a paper and pencil. Those that are watching, you can look at the screen, take a screenshot. So here is your warning if you don't have that paper and pencil. Okay, so he is at https colon forward slash forward slash yogi, Y-O-G-I-A-A-R-O-N.com. That's yogiaron.com. Again, yogiaron.com. He is on Facebook, Yogi Aaron. Instagram, Yogi Aaron, YouTube, Yogi Aaron. This he gets like 10, uh, you know, way to go because it makes it so much easier. <laughs> I'm going to let you talk a little bit about this book again. Yeah, and when, sure. And when it's coming out, even though this is probably after the fact that, you know, just if it's yeah. out already. Yeah, it's out already. Um, people can go to Amazon and um search stop stretching there's also i think you're going to put this link in the show notes and um yeah the book is basically a how-to guide 
very easy, very fun. It's a lot of fun. There's pic there's diagrams or pictures of my cats and dogs in there. They <laughs> love doing yoga with me. And um, it's really just taking you through your body and teaching you a little bit about your body. It's not a master's degree, don't worry. It's again, meant to be a lot of fun and it's very experiential. And this book will change your life because it will give you the tools to be able to go in when you're having pain and figure out what to do about it and how to solve it. And so I know that this wasn't in our notes, but you did mention about, um, or we did have in our bio about the retreat. Is it just for yoga instructors that your retreats are, or would, you, would talk to us a little bit about what you've got there? Yeah, at Blue Osa Yoga Retreat and Spa, I um, it's open to anybody who wants to come. We have um, programs with groups. We have programs for individuals. And then I offer trainings and retreats as well. A lot of what I do is in a quote unquote training format because it's one of the best ways to teach people. I would say about 70% of people that come and do my trainings are not interested in becoming a teacher. They just do it for themselves to grow and to get the skills that they need to basically function better well, better and more, more well in life. And uh, so it's really open to anybody, but I also do a lot of retreats and, and other things that's very Ayama focused. And also to really give people again, the skill set to go out to manifest and live their life purpose. All right. So if you want to know more about his retreats, you can go to Facebook and DM him asking them that or go to his website. I'm sure there's probably further information there at yogierin.com. It has been such a pleasure, so much fun. Thank I um, am happy to hear that I could stop stretching and uh, just keep on breathing as I have been. <laughs> I'm going to tell my husband that he needs to get your book. And yes. uh, as soon as he is recovered from his shoulder surgery, <laughs> well, yeah. I know he's my bionic man here now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. It's been such a pleasure. So I um, want to just thank you for being a guest on the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. If you all loved hearing about Yogi and what he does, um, be sure to subscribe because we got more of this coming your way. As always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.